welcome uh, to our listeners for our Coaching You podcast uh, with Coach Brendan Sir, and uh, I'm so thrilled to have uh, one of our our faculty members from Coaching You live, but also one of my dearest friends for the last uh, 20 years, Joe Bunasar, the CEO, founder, owner of Impact Basketball. Joe, welcome, my friend. Thanks, Brendan. Good to be here. Hey, listen, uh, one of the exciting things uh, that I wanted to tell our listeners is that uh, at both of our Coaching You sessions in Orlando on June 29 and 30, and also in Las Vegas, on uh, July 11 and 12, uh, you're going to be able to join us and speak at each one on some of the newest, latest, cutting-edge things that are happening in the field of player development, coaching, and just the expertise that is needed to take the players to the next level. And I'm really excited about that, Joe. No, I enjoyed it uh, last time, and I can't wait to do it. Hello, you know I always like coming back to Florida too. So I know that we love having yeah. you back. We, we've given <laughs> you good. dual citizenship of uh, California, and Florida. Uh, That's right. Hey, last last night I was thinking about you uh, late at night. I'm watching my West Coast games, and I'm uh, I'm enjoying the Warriors. You know, doing something that's incredible. Uh, you know, and I'm watching uh, this young man Steph Curry, who I've known literally since he was near baby uh, through his dad, Dell, And then I'm watching uh, Kobe Bean Bryant, who again, who I remember when he came into the league 20 years ago, uh, coaching against him and really enjoying him and uh, having been burnt by him many, many times. And uh, I was absolutely amazed at what I saw in both venues, both uh, with two guys that I think are really close to what you epitomize of guys that are totally dedicated players that are at the highest level that are dedicated to maximizing their talent and their work ethic almost is equal to their talent. It's almost unsurpassed. Your feelings on that? Well, I mean, to watch that last night and and see what Kobe did and, and, you know, it wasn't just last night, but it reminded you or reminded all of us that, you know, this is a guy, it's interesting when you, when you don't grow up in LA and then you move to LA like we did, you know, nine years ago, it, the whole Kobe phenomenon is a little bit, a little bit much, you know, everyone, I mean, Kobe <laughs> scores zero and everyone loves him, you know, so it almost, you almost grew up to get into a, 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 a state where you're like, okay, come on, you know, you guys are a little over the top, but, what he's done in his career and, and, you know, wow, he's been able to perform based on his work ethic. And, and really, you know, in, in my field, it's, we, in anyone, it's attention to detail and what he's done to prepare himself. I mean, the fact that he, you know, we all know people forget that, you know, regardless of what he did last night, which was amazing, he had an Achilles tear. So to even come back from that, uh, most wow. people, normal people can't come back from an Achilles tear. You know, just you and I walking down the street sure. uh, will limp for five years. So, the amount of work he puts in, and I think that, you know, we always talk about what goes into to being a great player, and it's it's so many different things from basketball to how you take care of your body to what you eat. And and I just think he exemplifies, you know, the high, high end. You know, obviously, as you know, Brendan, I've been around a lot of guys that have achieved things. I don't know. You could, you could argue like Kobe or right underneath Kobe or, you know, had long, successful careers. But 
it just doesn't change, you know, the, what, what he's done and how he's worked and the attention he takes to every facet of taking care of himself is why he's been able to play 20 years and do what he did last night. And, you know, it, it's you – know, I've heard stories about Kobe his whole career, you know, coming in late at night, early mornings, those type of things. And those that, – that, that's not a – those aren't made-up stories. I mean, that's what everyone in the world saw last night kind of culminating in his performance. So – you got to admire a guy like that. You got, you know, you and I've been around these NBA guys for so many years. It's not easy, you know, to, um, you know, not easy to um, stay focused like that for that long. We we know what kind of distractions there are. We know being traded, this and that, ups and downs. I mean, look at the Lakers; they're not winning, but he's managed to. He even said it in the press conference that you know maybe his proudest moments were the downtimes, you know, where they were where they were they were uh, able to stay focused. So. I think it's amazing. I think it's a credit to him, and I think it's an example for, you know, there's many more young players trying to make their high school team than there are Kobe Bryant. So I think that that's yes. something that they can all, you know, take a take for example. And, you know, Steph Curry, interestingly enough, I don't get to watch a lot of full games because I'm watching so many different players on Synergy and mm-hmm. things. And a couple of weeks ago I was I was sitting down. My, my dad was actually in town, so I sat with him for a second, and we watched a little of the Warriors game. And, what I was amazed about really watching them play is how every guy on their team, obviously Steph is, is the top of the of, of the the highest level of it, but every guy is just so fundamentally sound. You know, the way they come off screens, the way they the, – their footwork, their balance, their – you know, when they throw passes at Golden State, it hits people right in the hands, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's – it, to me, when I watched that game, it was almost like the, the Warriors were had won 73 games and – uh, last night because each guy committed themselves to being great individually and then they have great chemistry. So, you know, you don't get that done when passes are thrown over guys. So everybody could pass with both hands. Everybody has good spacing. Everyone understands, you know, footwork. You, you watch those guys shoot the ball. Clearly, Steph is a ridiculously gifted shooter, but he worked to get there. You know, he had talent to start and even Clay Thompson and like my guy, Maurice Space, who's been with yeah. me since he's a rookie. I mean, Mo, Mo Buckets is getting buckets, but he, he's he's always square to the rim, and he's always, uh, you know, they pay attention to detail. So I think both of those guys really, you know, I think it was fun to watch. It was great because Chauncey was uh, commentating, and obviously that was you know, great. my relationship with Chauncey. Yeah, and he was, he said, what a great day in California. That's what he said for, for that. But what a great day in basketball to be able to see Curry lead a team like that to a record and then watch Kobe kind of go out in style. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird to think he's not going to play. <laughs> to play anymore. I, you know, I mean, we've been, I, you we've know, so I, I, I've, I've been involved in the league, uh, you know, thirty six years, and uh, you know, and so I've seen a lot of the last day of the seasons, and uh, some of them are ugly, some of them are okay, but there's never been one like this, which was we almost it was almost like the start of the season. We're almost celebrating basketball with the end of the season because some of our best were at their best. And and I just think that is fantastic. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, Joe, that I thought really is about coaching. And we have, you know, as you know, we have 75,000 to 100,000 coaches, business leaders and stuff, you know, listening on to each one of our podcasts. And one of the things that I think fits anyone that's listening is about how do you take the best in the world at what they do. And that's what we're talking about with Kobe and Seth. And how do you get them to want to work and trust you as their coach to let you work with them? 
And I, one of the really big things that I found over the years is it's credibility. Number one, you got to have you. There's players at our level and at the best level, and that's where we want to teach from the highest level. If I'm going to try to teach an advanced placement student at the high school level in an academic course, they're going to listen to me if they feel I can bring them something that they don't know. If I'm pushing them and making them uh, want to learn. And it's the same thing in basketball. And that's what excites me so much about what you're doing with Impact Basketball, of providing the young coaches out there that are trying to get into the game that really want to become good. They really want to become great or the coaches that are in the game that want to just get better. And you've now given them an opportunity through your online program. And I listened to your webinars the last two weeks, spectacular, by the way. And, you know, I, I had a couple of our coaches at LSU come in and actually listen to them. And a couple of young kids that are managers that are going to be coaches listen to them. And it was like they're going, wow, what a clinic. And I said, yeah, this is one of the best people in the world at teaching this is instructing this. And I, I thought that was so good, Joe, that you did that. But when you're teaching, one of the things that's a difference maker for the players that you work with, and you work with the best players that come into the program each year, as well as pros themselves, that they flock to you because of your knowledge and the way you're able to transfer that to them. Tell me how you do that and how you put all the knowledge that you have into this incredible course that covers about eight different topics, frankly. Yeah, I think that one of the and, – and as you know, Brendan, from your long career coaching, experience means so much, you know, and we've, mm -hmm. we've dedicated and for really for – amazingly enough, I'm, I'm not that old, but for 20 years that's all I've done is player development. You know, I've – I, I, knew, I a, knew you since you were two years yeah. old. I knew you when you were a baby. <laughs> I, got a, uh, I got a text message the other day from Lionel Chalmers. You remember Lionel from Xavier's? Um, yes. And Lionel bounced around in the NBA a little bit, but but made a great living overseas. And he told me he was retiring from basketball, and you know wanted to know if I would help kind of guide him into the coaching ranks, and you know really just thanked me. And it was a, it was a great text. You know you love to get stuff like that. You work hard, and some of these guys, you know, thanked me for teaching him how to be a professional. And the reason he was able to play so long is because of you know the things I had taught him. One of the reasons, obviously, he's a, he's a great mm -hmm. young man and a, and, a, and a hard worker, but. The experience of 20 years, I mean, I've seen what works. I've seen what hasn't worked. We've studied it. Um, we we really understand at what we do that the delivery of it is so important. You know, it's not just finding drills. and You know, you can go online and get drills. I mean, anybody, anybody can do that. It's how to deliver them, how to package them, how to get the guys to buy into them, just like you said. And, and it's been, you know, when you have a Garnett and a Billups and you get them when they're young, um, you know, I mean, maybe even a better example is Kyle Lowry, you know, his recent, yes. up, you know, I mean, Kyle, his first couple of years, but, you know, as everyone's read and you've read and understand because you know Kyle is that it's a lot of it has to do with his ability to learn and, and accept coaching and, and get better. That's really been the turnaround in his, uh, in his career. But again, like we talked about with Kobe, Kyle, you know, I don't say finally because he's, he's never been completely oblivious to it, but he really took time on his body last year, you know, to, you know, that's one of those pillars of player development. So I think we understand that it isn't just skill work. It isn't just weightlifting weights. It isn't just uh, what you eat. It's everything. And I think that's what's so cool about our, our course and, uh, you know, really, really focusing in on delivering that to everyone saying, okay, how do you 
what are the pillars of development? And then lastly, how do you put it into your program? And I think that might be the toughest part, Brendan, because coaches have limited resources and also limited gym time. So how do we get all this done? You know, for me, it's easy. I have a guy, these draft guys I have now, I mean, I practically, I could tell them to jump into Lake Mead and they would in Vegas. And they, <laughs> and they have all day and night to, to do it. So I just think that, uh, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time with it. Um, we, we, as you know, we took so much time to put that whole course together. And we talk yes. about the course a lot, not only to sell it, but because that's how we got organized, you know. So when I was thinking about doing the course, it forced me to put the program in a deliverable manner. You know, it's easy to have something in your head or do it in your own facility, but to really be able to teach it and deliver it, it, caused, it, it forces you to organize tremendously, you know, and really break it down to a point and say, okay, if I'm a – JV coach in, in uh, Tampa, how do I deliver this? What makes sense to me? How do I, you know, again, that same coach can go online and grab 50 ball handling drills or some shooting drills, but really what are you doing with those things and how are you applying it to your players? So it's been the whole journey of this, uh, of the online stuff we've offered has been really valuable for me as, as a trainer and as a mentor to all these guys to really put it all together and, and look at it from, you know, 30,000 feet in the air rather than being in it every day. You know how it is. You get on the court with a guy. I mean, I could train, you know, Chauncey Billups, Steph Curry, two fourth graders, and a dog. You know what I mean? You just make it work when you're on the court. But to be able to teach it to someone to do it, that's what's really, I think, it's improved our program here in in Las Vegas and Florida and L.A. as well because all of my trainers now are a little bit more um, in tune with with maybe the scientifics and the planning side of it and, and a little less winging in and a little more planning. So it's been really great. And, I, again, I go back to that Warriors example. It just, it just really proves to me that if you do have players who all have great footwork, who can all pass, and who, A, you know, they're talented to start with, and they all understand spacing, you're going to be pretty good, even, even if you're a bad coach, right, a bad, bad X and O coach. Right. Someone's going to find stuff. So that's really what brought us to this, to this point, and uh, we're happy to be able to offer it. And, again, when I watch a game, I'm not I'm not watching uh, the plays, so to speak. Although I do like like picking up new stuff, sure, um, for the stuff. But I'm watching the individual guys and, and what they're working on and how they're leaning and their and their balance. And I and I think that's something that we often neglect when we're young coaches looking at stuff. Well, whose play can I run? You know, can I grab uh, you know Duke's this or uh, yep. Greg Popovich's you know whatever it would be ball screen series or whatever it would be. And then at the end of the day, their, their players can't do it, you know. So that's kind of where we come in. We come in and say, okay, do all that stuff, but let's focus on this, and you'll be even have a better team. One of the things that I think uh, for the young coaches that, you know, come to you, come to me and Kevin Eastman and say, hey, I just had a call last night from someone that said, hey, I'm, I'm working with a great college program, but I need to get better. I need to go to the next level. Can you help me? Well, now I'm talking about 43 years of coaching that I have in my head that I've also tried to do and help. But Kevin, myself, and you, we all share the same philosophy that we want as coaching, We our goal, our mission is to take players where they can't take themselves, right, Joe? And and that's why sure. – that's, that's the definition of coach – Kevin Garnett, you know, one of the best you've ever worked with. Chauncey Billups, one of the most professional guys you've ever worked with. Those guys would tell anyone that spoke to them that, yo, I couldn't have done this without Joe. And, 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 you know, and that is the ultimate 
ultimate compliment to a coach in that, boy, you guided him. The player is the hero. You were the guide for that player. And so I urge everyone of the, that want to climb the coaching ladder, that want to get better. And that's why I know so many people come to Coaching You. That's why they come to podcast. Work on your game, and working on your game is learning. I think I've said this uh, uh, last year when we got involved together, and my belief with you over the last 20 years has been the weakest part of coaching basketball is by far two aspects, in my opinion. Play, individual player development, uh, sports science of basketball, and mostly the mental side, the psychology. What what drives a Steph Curry to win the MVP and then really be the most improved player in the league? What allowed him when he was winning a ring, getting sized up for, having a baby last summer to say, you know what, I need to get in the gym, I need to work because I need to get better because if I come out the same guy, we're not going to win that whole thing. What allows Kobe Bryant, who's getting $25 million, who knows he's not going anywhere with his team to say, I can do it. And to be able to play with such a mentality, to be able to walk into that. I mean, I've never seen the Staples Center outside before a game like it was last night, Joe. Never saw it like that. It was like the right. ticker tape parade. It was amazing. But to be able sure. to go out and perform on a stage like that shows you something else. So this is everything that's in your program. I, and that's why I think it's a, it's a must, stuff like that. Tell me last year, you worked with Porzingis, who's with the Knicks, basically one of the two best rookies with Carl Towns, I think, this year. Tell me when you saw this kid from Latvia come in last year, how did you approach him, how did you win him over, and then how did you develop him? Well, so we had a we had an uh, advantage with Chris because he came in the summer before when he before. Oh, he I didn't know that. that. Okay. Yeah, he came for a month, so we okay. had an opportunity to get to know him and, and his brother, um, and really, I mean, I'm not I'm not always right on with my projections, but <laughs> when he came in, you know, what's impressive about Chris is as people have seen all year is not just his skill size and and what he does as a player, but his fire and his competitiveness. So. You know, mm-hmm. the second day we were playing five-on-five, five, Kyle Lowry screamed over to, to me and uh, Andrew Moore, who does the teams for the games, and he yep. said, make sure that big dude's on my team. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's when I knew, okay, this guy might have something, because usually when we bring in the, the 18-year-old skinny kid from Europe, the, the pro guys are like, I don't want that dude on my team. I don't so, want to play, let him play yeah, the, second game. Him him play the yeah. second game. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, he got, he's got next, right, exactly, and don't yeah. put him on my team. So. We had an advantage, and, and one of the things that we did when he came in last year is, you know, it's it, it's right on – his skill is phenomenal. Uh, you know, we worked on obviously getting him stronger. We worked on his quickness of release, just different nuances of the NBA game. Um, but what he has and that we really pushed is his mental side, what you just mentioned. I mean, he – his ability – you know, you know, it was funny because I was speaking to a, a group of salesmen uh, a, a month or so ago, um, global salesmen here in, in Las Vegas at a conference, and I talked about the, mo- the motor. You know, when when uh, you know an NBA sure. team will call me and say, "What's his motor like?" And yeah. I, you know, I related that to, to sales in that regard. And this kid's motor, for Zing, I mean, he'll just go all day. I mean, he has he has a huge motor. So we really, when we get a guy for the draft like that, we really tried to. Uh, pull out his positives, obviously shooting the ball, his mobility, the way he bounces and moves. Uh, and then we did a lot, really a lot of work with his lower body strength, which he obviously continued with the Knicks, which was, you know, well, 
written about about his weight gain and stuff like that. Um, but again, I think Chris proved this year that, you know, back to Tayshawn Prince 17 years ago when Joe Dumars would tell me all the time, we got to get some muscle on this guy. And I'd say, ah, or no, I said, I, he's pretty strong, Joe. So, you know, Tayshawn weighs the same today as he did when he was a rookie. So it, with Chris, I think people were really over the top with he's got to put on bulk. But if you really look at how he played this year, he doesn't, he, he needs to get, continue to get stronger, but putting on bulk could be a detriment to him because of the way he sure. does and moves. You know, you don't want to make him heavy. And that's happened before. So, we really were careful to not put too much weight on him. Um, clearly, when you have a guy that shoots the ball, like, it's so effortless. So we just, you know, continually tweaking and adjusting his footwork. Uh, his release is pretty darn good. So I don't, he didn't, <laughs> even, I didn't have much to say about it. So, But his mental approach is crazy. I mean, his, his attention to his nutrition and to recovery, um, to the things we talked about earlier in this call of, of, of Kobe and Curry and the great ones, I mean, he's – He's kind of got it, you know, and I and I think it's a credit to him. And it's kind of scary to think how good he can be and will be. So well, we we that first summer when he came, Brendan, I was like, okay, I don't know who this kid is, but somebody needs to not sign him to a very long contract overseas because he's going to be playing on ESPN pretty pretty quickly. So wow, he, uh, he he's very very tough. Um, and he was trying to block every everybody shot. He, Jermaine, he went he played against Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, wow, two summers ago, Tough Jermaine guy. is still yeah, yeah, and you know Jermaine just pounding him and lowering sure. his shoulder and slamming into him, but he was Chris. Chris didn't back down, so his development has been has been really fun to watch, and you know we're looking forward to this summer for to see how much better we can get as well. Do you have uh, Do you have any guys in there yet in in Vegas or LA training yet? With we do. We have about yeah. I'm in Vegas today. We have about ten here already training. Um, some good ones, yeah. We, we're getting, we're just getting started. You know, the NCAA, as you know from coaching, with the whole test the waters, it's, it's a little delayed. Guys are, instead of just signing and leaving, they're, they're kind of taking their time a little bit. But we yeah. have, uh, we have a group here in Las Vegas and then a few also in Los Angeles. Well, good. Well, I know with the, those guys, even though that many of them have played for some outstanding and well-known college coaches, when you get them, you're almost reinventing them, correct? To function uh, yeah. somewhat. We're trying not to reinvent them too much, but yes, I shouldn't mean, say that. It's a whole different thing. A yeah, whole different thing. Recoach them. That's a better word. Recoach them. Coach them up a little bit, you know, and stuff like that. Hey, uh, listen, uh, we're gonna tell me tell me quickly about uh, when you did your webinars. Do you have any left, or was that it for a while on your webinars? Uh, uh, we did, did a series of. Yeah, we did a yep. series of three. They'll they'll be available yeah. online too. Um, and we'll okay. we'll shortly start another series of three. Yeah, we kind of went through the introduction uh, in part one, and part two we talked about all the different aspects of player development. Um, and on the third one, we kind of discussed uh, how to put it all together, how to implement it into your program, into your culture, uh, into whatever you're doing, no matter what level you're at. So that's kind of three part, and then we'll begin another one. Uh, which on our on our Twitter usually is posted on there of um, you know when they'll be and things. But I know there's a link, I believe, on our website. You know how you and I don't know everything yep. like that. <laughs> a link but, that that will show uh, that you can get back and watch the uh, the first three webinars. Make sure you give uh, our listeners uh, your your website uh, a- address if you would kindly. Sure, it's uh, at Impact B Ball impactbball.com, impactbball.com, and then everything should be up on that site. Now, I think as you listen, and and we're going to do another call before we have coaching you, 
go on this site, do the webinars. They've got some unbelievable stuff. But the biggest thing I can emphasize to our listeners that who will make the same calls to me, if you really want to, if you haven't, if you haven't been in coaching long, how do I get ahead? The biggest thing you're going to need is a couple of things. Number one, you're going to need relationships with people. Number one, that's hard to get, especially if you're starting. The second thing is you need credibility, you need certification. This is the only certification course that I've seen in the United States that validates that you really understand and have a skill set. And everyone has a passion, but they don't have a skill set. And this is the first thing. Right now, the cottage industry and pro basketball, college basketball, player development, can you make my players better? It's a huge market. It's a huge advantage. But more importantly, if you know, if you're not trying to advance in those two markets, but you have a high school team, a junior high team, whatever, you want to make your own players better. And that's what this program does. So I found that everyone that we had last year, we had to go through this program. It's off the charts. Joe, I, I'm so excited what you did, man. And I, I think we're just going to keep growing with it. It's going to be, we need to get this throughout the country to have coaches develop our players better. Thanks for sharing time with us again. Sure, Brennan. Nice to talk to you. And, and anytime, I'm always around.